Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let me uh, say hello to our great friend, the former premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, Brian Peckford, who's... This is the last visit you're going to be uh, granting us for for a while, Premier. Yes. <laughs> We're going to miss you. Oh. <laughs> we have to make this one count. Yes, we have to make <laughs> this one count <clears throat> for a couple of months. Hopefully we'll... Uh, We'll reconnect in, a, in eight or nine weeks' time. Okay. Let me play you a little bit of a, a... Before we talk... Oh, no. Let me do this first. Your friend, um, former political colleague, fellow Newfoundlander and Labradorian, uh, John Crosby, uh, former federal finance minister, uh, passed away earlier in the week. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Crosby was, a, of course, a very... Uh, uh, giant of a man in in Canadian politics for a number of decades, having served uh, both as a minister in the Newfoundland and Labrador government cabinet, as well as in the cabinet of Canada. So, uh, and he held uh, several portfolios in both governments. So, uh, and uh, we all know um, his um, parliamentary skills in Ottawa when he served there but interestingly enough, that most people don't know, I, I campaigned for Mr. Crosby year, years ago when he was running against Joey Smallwood for the for the premiership and for the liberal leadership of the province of Newfoundland. And uh, so that's quite some time ago. That's back in '68. Uh, but interestingly, and what a lot of people don't know about Mr. Crosby, and to show his, uh, I guess, his uh, his determination, he was not an orator. Uh, he could not speak in public. He was very shy. Uh, very. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people find what I'm saying now to be startling. But and uh, when I was his campaign manager, I was responsible for part of Newfoundland. We were campaigning to get the delegates to go to the convention to defeat Mr. Smallwood, and we would have difficulty getting uh, John up on the stage to speak, even though he was the, being a candidate. Uh, so he he learned this oratorical skill which he became famous for uh, early on but it wasn't something that was natural to him uh, which shows of course his his dedication to what he wanted to do and uh, how he was able to accomplish it and of course he did that uh, in many portfolios like i say both in newfoundland and in ottawa he was a larger than life figure i interviewed him on a number of occasions and uh, he was always very personable but I knew if I uh, if I started something with John Crosby, he wasn't going to back off. He was going to be right standing in front of me. Uh, and, say that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he was not he would not only back off, but one of his 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 uh, his traits that uh, most of us who knew him really well, uh, he he was not only he wouldn't back down, but he he could be quite stubborn too. Well, let me play you. Let me play you a few seconds of a famous situation in Canada's Parliament. Reminds me of a, I don't know whether you've ever heard this old song, it was, Pass me the tequila, Sheila, <laughs> and lie down and love me again. I don't know how. <laughs> now, this is just a song. It hasn't happened. You know, if, if anybody did that today, their careers would be over. And that was... Well, that isn't, that, isn't that true? And, of course... Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the cut and thrust of parliamentary debate 
both the humor and the and the and the and the intelligence and wit has gone out of the public square uh, the public square being not only uh, on some street in Toronto but the public square being all of the parliaments of, of Canada, all, in all the provinces, including in Ottawa. And uh, we have lost something in the transition. Yeah, at the same time, you know, uh, if somebody said that today in today's society, they would deserve to uh, to, to reap the fallout. Um, and, and he did. And Sheila Copps didn't back down either. There was there was quite a, a to and froing between uh, Ms. Copps, who I knew very well as well, uh, and, and Mr. Crosby. I've spent many times in... Uh, in this studio with uh, with Sheila over the years. Okay. So um, let me let me do something here. I have to take uh, uh, no, no before we take the break, let's do let's do this. I'm gonna play for you because you have some thoughts on uh, Megan and Harry, Prince Harry and uh, his wife Megan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. I believe that's correct. And they are withdrawing from the senior levels of the royal family, much to the consternation of Her Majesty the Queen, who has scheduled a meeting with uh, Harry and uh, William and her son, Prince Charles, tomorrow. Here's just a few seconds I want you to hear. Here's Prince Harry, not not in the last little while, but uh, just a few months ago. For me and for, and for my wife, you know, there's a, there's a, of course there's a lot of stuff that hurts. Um, especially when the majority of it is untrue. I will not be bullied <laughs> into, into, into playing a game that's, that killed my mum. Well, that didn't take long, did it? Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on, uh, on, on Harry and Meghan and removing themselves from prominence within the royal family and uh, saying they're going to divide their time between North America, I suppose most of that will be in Canada, I'm guessing, and, uh, and, and the United Kingdom. What do you make of that, Premier? Well... I, I have a lot of problems with the manner by which this was done. It seems to me that the whole uh, concept of respect uh, has sort of taken a hit here. Uh, from what I understand, and I guess the majority of people understand, that uh, this couple uh, announced this by way of social media, giving very little notice, if any, to the Queen herself. Uh, and to the royal family. And so one has to pose the question, at least, uh, you know, uh, where what happened to respect for the office of the queen, and, of course, what happened to the respect for the queen herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems like a very odd way to go about a very difficult and complicated uh, situation. And the other thing is, both of these two individuals are adults, they both got married. They understood when they got married what was expected of them. And uh, now they, they want to change the rules of the game uh, uh, much, much later. Uh, I have no problem, I guess, at the end of the day saying, okay, uh, go ahead if you want to do it. But I'm not sure whether you can be half in and half out of the royal family and the kinds of uh, functions and and obligations that they have, and I, I think this is going to be a very difficult uh, period in the royal royal family because you can't once be in Toronto one day and then doing some kind of royal uh, celebration the next day in Edinburgh. It doesn't work that way, and it will affect all the members of the royal family. They'll all be affected by this. So this decision is not just an individual decision of a couple. It's a, it's a decision which will negatively 
and very importantly affect all of the members of the royal family. So I'm not so sure that this was well thought out. Uh, disrespectful toward his grandmother, the Queen, certainly, to make the announcement on social media. And uh, there you go, Granny, it's done. And, and uh, I, We all know that uh, Queen Elizabeth is not going to, well, we know she's not taking it uh, uh, kindly, gently, and she'll, I'm sure, let them know tomorrow. We're back with uh, our good friend, Brian Peckford, the former premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, who blogs at peckford42.wordpress.com. I just get you, Premier, it's not on our list of issues. We normally don't have a list. We normally just take a run at a couple of things, and I enjoy that very much. Uh, but we did put together a little list for, for today because uh, you're departing, you're abandoning us for some period of time, and so I'm going to have to carry all the, the load by myself. I don't think that's fair of you, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we just we talked about John Crosby, and we talked about the Conservative Party nationally. So here we are with the Conservatives on the brink of selecting, uh, starting the process to select a new leader. And over the next days, we'll hear the first official names who are going to be running. So what is your advice to the Conservative Party? You were a Conservative Premier, Progressive Conservative Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador. When you look at the party today, what would you say to them? What do they have to do? I, I think they have to attract some new people to the party. I, I think that's most fundamental. As we talk about on this program all the time, the, 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 the changes that have occurred in the Western society have been uh, substantial. And uh, we, we need to have uh, some new voices. Uh, we may have to uh, uh, re uh, apply some of the conservative principles through a different voice. I, the conservative principles might not have changed that much, but their application and how they are articulated may have to change. And I'm not sure that uh, we can go back to the past on that score as it relates to the names that I'm hearing right now. I, I'm hopeful that uh, over the next uh, number of weeks some new voices will come forward uh, to re-articulate, if you will, uh, the the basic fundamentals of conservatism and to communicate them and, and win the leadership. Uh, I, I, I fear that what we are now seeing is not what will be successful in the future. One of the things they can't afford to do is what the parties have done, largely, all the, the two major parties have done largely over the last number of years, and that is have several rounds of, uh, of elimination voting and then ending up with a sort of consensus winner who's sort of okay, but nobody really would have wanted out of the gate. I shouldn't say nobody would have wanted, but they, they would have not have been the, the first choice. You know, I think about, uh, um, who was the guy, the, the liberal leader whose dog name was Kyoto? Um, yeah, anyway. You can't, you can't remember either. So that's the impression he made us. All I remember is the green shift. Uh, somebody sent me an email, Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Who am I thinking right. about? So uh, so they can't afford to do that. They can't just sort of go through four or five rounds of, of voting and then say, here's our here's the leader for the future, because that's just not going to work. Well, I think that's what's happened uh, within, within the whole uh, party structure of Canada over the last uh, couple of decades, that we've become sort of... Uh, 
uh, standing for what is it we stand for <laughs> and uh, and therefore like you say you get this compromised candidate who's supposed to be all things to all people uh, and really uh, we're in a mushy kind of uh, circumstance and uh, i really believe that there there is an appetite out there in in the canadian politic for somebody to come forward with six or seven or whatever the number is of basic principles of governance uh, in today's world which if articulated properly and explained properly would gain uh, a lot of traction i mean given look what happened in the last election with a very ineffectual conservative leader the conservative party still got the majority of votes so i think there's an appetite for fundamental uh, re-examination of the principles under which we are to be government governed i think people generally want pay as you go i think there's a there's a there's a desire to balance the budget live within your means that's a that's a very fundamental principle i think the whole you know question of getting parliament back to having its legitimate role the mp becoming more than a social worker the prime minister's office being reduced in power and the power brought back to parliament i think these are principles that if properly articulated will find a voice and will find support in the body politic of canada would you consider it pardon would you consider it? I'm just listening to your talk. I'm thinking Brian Peckford would convince a lot of people. Well, I, uh, at 77, I think, uh, as oh, I just said nothing. earlier, we need some new voices. I can, I can uh, uh, assist in the sense of identifying what I think some of those principles are, but there t- will take another medium uh, to bring it about. Well, they need to do that. They need to talk to people who are experienced and listen and listen and really get to the voters. Because as Daryl Bricker pointed out to us a little earlier in the program, the president and CEO of Ipsos, if the conservatives had done uh, broken even in uh, 905 and 416, they would have formed the government. Absolutely. And they didn't. Absolutely. They essentially, they got shut out almost as badly in those uh, uh, writings-rich areas of Ontario as the liberals got shut out in, Sask- in, in Saskatchewan yeah. and, and Alberta. Yeah, absolutely. Parts of BC. Absolutely. We have less... I really think there is an appetite for looking at some very, very key fundamental principles which have to govern our society, regardless of what... You know, I'm, I'm back reading a lot of Greek history and Roman history, and I find a whole bunch of principles there that are universal, right, like I just spoke about. Uh, uh, and, and I think uh, if they are re-articulated in today's terms, in today's world, uh, using the examples of today, they will find resonance, and, and we will get a government which is far more responsible, both to the people and to the parliament, than we got today. The only thing I know about Roman history, Premier, I've never forgotten this, imagine the aroma of Roma before the public baths. Yes. That's all I can remember. Yes. Well, there was a great Roman uh, by the name of Cicero, who was one of the stalwarts in yeah. Roman society in trying to defend uh, the, the Senate uh, yeah. as being a very... Well, that's what we need in Canada, somebody to defend the Senate. Premier, we're, we're, we're out of time. We're going, to, we're going to miss you for the time you're gone. There were other issues we were going to talk about, but I think this is important, what we got at today. And I thank you, as always. You make a big difference, and uh, you're, much, you're much loved. I see it in email every single day. Thank you very much. Have a great time, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Brian Peckford. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. 
And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.